everybody, you're listening to the Fashion Photography Podcast and I'm your host, the fashion advertising photographer Virginia Anchima. My guest in the podcast today has a little bit different role in the world of arts and photography. She's a director of public relations and she's consulting artists and creatives in the industry. We are picking up on some very interesting topics, such as the events coming up and going on right now in her world, and, and what are the steps from the beginning of your exhibitions till the moment you be famous photographer exhibiting everywhere and earning lots of money for your creations. So listen carefully, because she has all the answers. Hello, my name is Denya Kazaku. I'm the director and founder of Red Public Relations, basically a PR firm for artists. I do bespoke um, projects with either artists directly or galleries or curate and organize my own shows, but it's different every time. And how did you end up doing that? First off, let me just say that my company is actually a London-based company, but I am opening a branch in Berlin, starting the process this week, so hopefully soon. You have our fingers crossed. <laughs> Thank you. It's a lot of paperwork in Germany, so <laughs> I need the luck. When I was studying fine art, I did the University of East London. In my second year, I did a project about the Olympics that was sponsored by the National Portrait Gallery there. Whoa. Yeah, uh, it was pretty cool. I was working with like really established photographers that were We're doing crits for us every week, if I remember correctly. And I kept in touch with uh, some of the photographers. And then in my third year, I was supposed to do a placement, part of one of my modules. I was actually going to do an internship at a dealership, but that fell through completely last minute. And then luckily, because I was still in touch with one of the photographers, she told me I can do some PR for her. And it was actually really amazing because she's a super established photographer and is really an inspirational woman. Her name is Jillian Edelstein. Mm -hmm. She's very, very Good. But yeah, I started doing some small, like just basically helping because I didn't really know what I was doing at that time, at that point, <laughs> uh, helping Jillian and just trying to pretend I'm cool and like not completely starstruck. <laughs> some of the other photographers from the project found that I was working with Jillian and then they were like, you know, why aren't you working with us? And then I was like, okay, so I was working with them as well. And then all these people just kept contacting me because uh, they just heard that I was doing PR and stuff. And they were, and I thought, you know, I might as well just register a company. So, <laughs> so that's basically how it all started. It was very random. And then since then, it just keeps getting different and bigger and more stressful every day. <laughs> so you were one of those busy kids at the university. I was extremely busy. Yeah, I was studying. I was sorting out the company. I was working part-time in Harrods as well. So I really had no life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was really exhausting. I lost a lot of friends, actually, at that time, because I think people thought I was ignoring them. But mm -hmm. I wasn't. But it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a normal process when you're really into your work. Yes, yeah. You're losing friends. Yeah, let's be honest about it. Though we are laughing, it's a little bit sad. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, if you're not an entrepreneur, if you don't have your own business, you won't really understand yeah. the viewpoint because it's different if you're working for someone and you have job security and a steady pay or steps to what you're doing. And if you're trying to do something new, because yeah. there's not really that much art PR out there. Absolutely. I quit explaining to my former friends about my job and that I cannot be always available after six o'clock <laughs> yeah that nine to five job sounds like mm -hmm. i mean i would never want to do it because i think i'd go crazy but yeah, also maybe relaxing i guess uh, 
probably, but <laughs> maybe I don't know. It depends on the person. This sounds like it wasn't your initial plan to become this kind of person <laughs> with this profession. No, no. Actually, when I first moved to England, I actually was studying biomed. I know where you're coming from, but I believe people who are listening to us, they don't. So <laughs> maybe you should share that too. I'm Greek. My family's from Crete, from Hanya. Mm -hmm. But I was born in New York. So I was uh, in New York until I was 10. And then we moved to Crete. And then I moved to the UK when I was 17. Mm -hmm. And I actually moved there to study molecular biology and genetics. Whoa. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Uh, <laughs> yes, I know. Totally different. I was at Royal Holloway for two years. And then I liked it in theory before I had to work in labs all day. Mm -hmm. So then when I started doing that, I just really lost interest very quickly. In this, mm -hmm. And I just kept changing topics. Then I went to um, the University of East London and I was doing pharmacology. And then I changed to medical microbiology. And then I added forensics. And then in my final year, I realized that I really do not want to work in this field at all I gave it a really good try yeah really definitely. Gave it a shot. so I stopped and I put together a portfolio and I was working full-time in retail in Ghent mm -hmm. in their flagship store as a brand specialist and then I basically applied to the fine arts department at UEL and they accepted me so it was really good That's so amazing. I mean, I've always been thinking that in order to work something like a brand manager or something like that, you really need a solid educational background. And I believe I'm wrong. Now no, that I'm you just need experience, to be honest. I was working before Ghent. I was in Selfridges for three years. And then uh, after Ghent, I went to Harrods. So I think as long as you have the experience, I don't think you necessarily need education on that specific uh, topic. And then also, I feel like people that do just have a management degree that go into retail or, or a profession like that because they don't have the experience. They tend to not really understand the staff when they're working at a normal a starting level. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of misunderstandings between management and staff that are at that kind of um, position. And I believe you're about to stay in Europe. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. So I just moved to Berlin, I think six weeks ago now, which should mm -hmm. be. It's going really well. I've registered, which was interesting. Luckily, my cousin lives here who speaks German. So oh, she helped perfect. me because I would, otherwise, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, you're super nice. I really had no problem. Who speaks English in Berlin? So it's fine. I think um, it's a very international city. Mm -hmm. Last year, when I was in London, I was uh, basically just traveling all the time because I was trying to expand my company. So it just felt like I can live in Berlin which is also full of emerging artists and it's like super creative and still travel and do everything. Weren't you a bit afraid when you started your own company? Because I know as a photographer that it was really hard for me when I finished my education. It was kind of hard for me to go so deep into all of this paperwork and <laughs> to establish my own company. No, to be honest, when I first started, because for the first couple of years, I was just doing things like pro bono. So I was working with cool people and stuff. I wasn't getting paid anything, <laughs> which I think a lot of people in the creative industry do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But no, to be honest honest, I think um, the minute I started charging normal prices, mm -hmm. which I think to be honest, I'm very fair because I was an artist and because I know both sides. And I think now because the pressure is so much more with the expansion and the projects I'm doing, because I'm working with very established people, sometimes not all the time. Sometimes people are just very new, but sometimes I'm very lucky and I work with really, really cool artists. That scares me much more. 
(laughs) (laughs) purely because they've been doing this for years and I'm like a baby in comparison. So I think the pressure and what their expectations are huge. Yeah, like a baby, but you still have some amazing projects behind and ahead of you. So what's up for the company? Got a project actually in January in a very cool gallery here called Open Walls Gallery. Mm -hmm. In Berlin? In Mitte, yeah, which is the most central area. It's a good location, in my opinion. So tell us a bit more about it. Who is going to be part of it? Tell us everything. (laughs) Basically, so far, it's going to be emerging and intermediate to established levels artists. And you're controlling them all. Yes, I don't know if I could do (laughs) I liked it because I imagined you're like some sort of a... Puppet master. Yeah. (laughs) Giving me way too much credit. I try to get the work that makes sense as a collective because every single artist has a completely different style and a level of experience. So I'm basically trying to combine. It's going to be a different show every week. So we have the space for nearly a month. It's going to be 26 days. Mm -hmm. I've done a dry hire. So I've rented out the space, actually. Luckily, I can choose what goes in the show, which is good for me. Perfect, yeah. But also more stress. <laughs> a different show every week because usually with group shows, it, unless it's a massive, massive space, it limits the number of artworks that each artist can have yeah. in the gallery for obvious reasons. But because it's going to be changing every week, we can put more work in from each artist and it'll actually be a curated show. But we'll still have the other artist's works in the back. So anyone who wants to see the work, they'll still be able to see. We're going to be doing private views every week since it's going to be a different show every week. I have really really cool stuff from the more emerging side we have people like Mira Namath and Christina Fitili and Anna Radchenko which I think you have cool. actually yes yeah she was in one of the first episodes of the show oh, she's awesome yeah she is and that was exactly my next question because I was wondering probably those who are listening to us are a little bit confused because it's the fashion photography podcast yeah, and yeah, we're yeah. talking about an exhibition so it's good that you mentioned Anna because yeah. she's a good example how a fashion photographer can combine also some really cool fine art in their work. For me personally, I think Anna's uh, exhibition is going to be on in a perfect timing because I'm pairing her with Chris Levine, who is Mm -hmm. quite established and he's got amazing, amazing work. And he also does a lot of fashion photography and installations, though, light boxes. And he's worked with amazing people, but they're going to be on during Fashion Week. Purposely wanted that week because I figured it's the best timing to put fashion people in. So cool. But Anna does do installation pieces as well. She does video installations. She's she's quite diverse. I know you guys, I think, focus on the fashion side of her work, but she does do some art photography too. Yeah. Or or more artsy than fashion, if Mm -hmm. you can use that word. And she works super hard. So I really do think Anna's going to be doing very well long term. I have people like Mark Burnin, who's actually got a tech background and he's doing like pixel art pieces, which are cool and like 3D printed stuff. Awesome. Very futuristic uh, art. Or Caroline's She's actually Berlin-based and she's emerging, but I've had my eye on her for like ages. <laughs> we were trying to work together for about two years and this is like the first time we've actually managed to successfully plan something. Did you find her? Actually, I studied with Caroline uh-huh. at UEL, so I actually saw her work from the beginning, mm-hmm. from when she was in London anyway. And I've been saying to her for ages, but she had an exclusivity issue with company in London, which I can't mention. So I couldn't do anything for her in London. So outside of London, it's easier. But inside London, it's very tricky 
with some of these is more, especially the more established people, because sometimes people want exclusivity or they have these rights and stuff that you, so you have to go through yeah. quite a long process to do something with them. Luckily, this one, it's working out to be quite cool. I wanted to make sure I had some people from here in the mix. That's normal because more German people will come. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then also, I feel like all the emerging artists that I have in the show, because I've worked with them in the past, I felt very comfortable asking them to be in this uh, exhibition because I know that they do invest in their work. And I think that's something that's very important and that most artists and a lot of creative people don't really seem to realize that you actually have to spend quite a bit of money on your work to be able to make it in this industry. I don't think people just randomly stumble upon yeah. some artwork on the street and then think, oh my God, I'm going to go buy this person's entire collection without knowing who they are, what they do. You know, It's the main focus behind why I even started the business. One of my teachers have always told me, photography is an expensive luxury. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. I think people that aren't in the industry, they have this portrayal of artists as being struggling. or <laughs> And it's like, do you know how much it costs to do that? It's not cheap. It's a really bad perception. Though we don't have to scare the people away. No. I believe you can uh, confirm that there are a lot of other ways to get out of situation like this. For example, working with sponsors. Yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, these people, I know because they invest in their work. That's why I know that they're serious because mm -hmm. uh, it's with every single business plan. If you see it as a business, you have to spend money to make money. A lot of people don't have that. So trying to approach sponsors makes complete sense. If it's something that's relevant to what you're doing, it's even easier. There's a lot of work involved. I really like this conversation by now because sometimes when person is too focused on mm -hmm. establishing himself and uh, being recognizable on a certain market, Market, they forgot the joy of what you can do and what you can create, which is very important, I think. And sometimes people ask me, what do you do as a hobby? Because obviously the photography is not my hobby. <laughs> It's my business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there are different things that you can do. For example, you know that I'm shooting fashion advertising. Yes. But I had this period in my life when I was still at the university. I had a lot of time for me. Back then I did those experiments. I was really into fine arts. And I think it's very important for a person who is dealing with photography to know that there are other things that you can do and you, you can do them. There are ways to do it. And you still can be a fashion photographer. And Anna is a great example for that. Oh, Anna's amazing. Really? I'm very happy I'm working with her because <laughs> she's young. Yeah. It's nice to see someone young that understands how to do things. I wanted to ask you, do you approach the new artists in your company or they're coming to you? No, I never approach anyone. I usually work with referrals. Mm -hmm. I've been actually very lucky because everyone I've worked with so far has usually found me mm -hmm. or it's through someone else I've worked with or social media or something like that. I don't approach people purely because I'm not an agent. I do agenting for some artists that I have on a PR basis basis because I'm not an agent I would need to charge something for my services and I feel like approaching someone and asking for payments for things is yeah, it's a bit weird yeah people know that they need to market their someone understands that they need to market their work and they need to promote their practice and their collections or whatever they they'll look they'll, they'll go online <laughs> it's good that you said that because I don't want people to get us wrong you're not yeah. doing just exhibitions no. you're really into the PR part so mm -hmm. tell us what you do as a PR company for artists. That sounds so cool, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Art industry is very tricky. And usually when you're working with higher prices and things, you can't really focus on using social media that much unless you're paying for a lot of promotion or something like that, which is fine. A lot of people do that, but it's just, I don't know if it works 
for anything that's over a certain amount. So I usually try and have personal relationships with people and I tend to try and go to all the fairs, which is why I was traveling so much last year's worth. I went to um, Art Basel in Basel last year. I was at Freeze in New York. I was Freeze in London in the Armory Show and Art Brussels and Berlin. There's the, the ABC, you know, so there's all these events that are happening all the time. And it's usually a very small circle of people that are there that you always see the same people at these events. A lot of the way I work is actually like how a lot of dealers work. I just try and have personal relationships. with You can pay for advertisement, but I don't personally pay for advertisement for things because I don't really think it works unless you go really big. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's just this kind of like one-on-one -on -one conversations. I take it very easy with people. So <laughs> I don't like a bombarding. This is why I also don't this approach. <laughs> it all goes down to personal relationships yeah. at a certain moment. All the other photographers, stylists and other RT people that I meet thanks to this podcast and while I'm working, what I learned from them is that it really matters how you talk to people, how you're acting in front of people and what you do and if, if yes. you're honest with them. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's what everyone tells me as well. And also because I have two social media, two Instagram accounts, for example, I have my company one and my personal one. Mm -hmm. A lot of people actually message me because I post a lot of random silly stuff on my personal one because it's my personal account yeah. and I will. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what I want to do. But people <laughs> just message me and they're like, oh yeah, we know you went to there. We know you did this. You know, it's because I always tell people exactly what's going on. I'm very um, transparent when it comes to the costs of everything. I know that people feel that they can trust me, which is very important to me because I always try and work people long term. I don't really like to just do quickie projects and then move on. I don't think that's a good way of working. Not at least not in our field. And I know that it's the same with you because you do things through referrals as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're talking about good stuff and laughing. Yeah. But I was wondering, are there any artists you refuse to work with? Oh, yeah. Anyone who's going to be rude or anyone who's going to start acting like they're too good for certain things or there's some people that are very aggressive. How can we be in use of those photography people, fashion photography people listening to us right now? Do you have any suggestions for them what they can do if they want to approach you? I specialize in contemporary visual arts and visual arts in general. If someone is interested in doing an exhibition, I think for fashion photographers specifically or fashion people, I could probably do exhibitions or events for them. I don't really do fashion PR because I think there's so many other fashion PRs that would do this much, much better mm -hmm. than me. And that's what they specialize in. It's awesome that you're saying that because many people would just say, oh, I'm good at fine art PR and no, I might also be good at fashion, no, which is a completely different thing. No, I like fashion. I like wearing cool clothes. I have a lot of, <laughs> I have a lot of friends, in the, friends in the fashion industry, but it's not my specialty. I think it would be like taking advantage of uh, someone mm -hmm. saying what they want to hear. It's not realistic. And then that actually would cause me so much more stress than if I just was honest from the beginning. Because I really try and operate stress-free life as much as I can. Uh, honesty and realism is uh, very important there. I don't know if realism is the right word word there. I think I'm just putting in some art terms. I think it's a perfect word because <laughs> otherwise you're lying to yourself. Of course you can be optimistic. Yeah, of but course. you have to be but aware. I really don't believe in telling people what they want to hear. Just it's just wrong. I'm sorry. I would really hate it if someone did it to me. It's manipulative. I don't like working that way. I feel like if you're working hard and you have a genuinely good intention and you have focus and you're treating your craft as a business rather than a hobby, you will get up to a certain point at least. There's always a way. 
Oh, there are a lot of collaborations yeah. between the fine art world and the fashion photography world. Oh. Let's uh, look at Tim Walker. He is a fashion photographer, but at the same time, you see so much contemporary mm -hmm. in his work. So I think there is a real collaboration. And let's be honest about it. The most people who know how to combine two or three arts together, they mm -hmm. are the people who are attracting more attention. Yeah, for me personally, my favorite fashion art collaborators are uh, Louis Vuitton yeah. because they sponsor and support the arts so much. I went to their gallery in Paris. You know, they have a gallery above their mm -hmm. store. It's beautiful. Amazing. I was really, really impressed. Uh, I haven't been in like two years, so I don't know what they have on right now, but really was a very good collaboration, in my opinion. And they work with really, really good artists. So yeah, for example, this video that is all over the Internet the last two or three days with the dancer, he's combined hip hop and uh, ballet and he's doing it amazingly and thanks mm -hmm. to this uh, foundation that they sponsored the video cool. it looks amazing it's really stunning there are so many fashion designers that are really involved in the arts I know um, Vivian Westwood also is a very big supporter of the art industry too a friend of mine that I had in one of my exhibitions was uh, walking for her in one of her catwalks oh awesome yeah who's an artist I know for sure she's also doing quite a few creative projects I just a lot of talents out there and I think if you want to work with someone you can find a way oh definitely yeah definitely. very motivating conversation <laughs> I like to be optimistic I know my overall image is stress and a lot of pressure but I try to give out some positive messages yeah. and make them depressed the good thing is that in the end you can see the exhibition and you're just relaxed I believe as soon as every press information is finalized I will breathe up until that point I'm gonna be a bit on edge <laughs> do you do this all by yourself? this one I'm currently doing on my own but I actually will hire a couple people to help in the next month I'm gonna hire an intern for sure in Berlin because I know that the government here actually offers a lot of assistance for art related projects so I know I can definitely hire someone and they will get paid regular wage because of the government mm -hmm. because I don't like people working for free basically yeah and then I wanted to have someone in the gallery with me uh, that speaks German I have to also pay a curator for another project I am planning something else which is like a really really big big project for me which I can't really disclose any information about right at the moment because it's very confidential that's okay we'll invite you again and then you'll be able to tell us yeah. <laughs> by the way feel free whenever you are looking for a person or you need somebody you can always share this information in our facebook page the fashion oh, photography podcast yeah awesome can you share with us your website so people can check it out uh, well the website is red with two d's hyphen public pr.com people will be also able to find it in the show notes where we'll link it i want to redesign the website so hopefully soon i'll have a better website Are you going to do it? Yes, I usually do it myself, which is why I don't have time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> do you do the same stuff for your clients? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do their website? Sometimes. As long as it's not too complicated, I can do it. If it's something extremely complicated and interactive and things like that, I won't be able to. I could probably figure out how to do it, but it's something that I think is going to take up so much of my time to figure out that I really just don't have the time. I had a bigger team of people, but right now, no.
Let's imagine this situation when I'm a really arty person and I'm not that business <laughs> oriented. Yeah. I want to make exhibitions and stuff like that. And I'm coming to you. What can we do together? Is there a young artist or a um, more... Let's say a young artist. So as long as you have a clear concept or a clear message with your work and a good collection, like a solid collection of works, and I see that you're serious. So first of all, we have to have some background and some work done so far. You can start completely fresh but it's going to take a very long time. Really? You have to exhibit all the time. You have to know the right people. You can't start off with crazy high prices because I think that's something people sure. don't seem to understand when they're not actually working in the art industry. You see these websites like Artnet or Artsy and all these publications and all this stuff and you see all these like sales and you're seeing prices like, oh, this or sorry, sold for 2.2 million at Sotheby's and, you know? and then you're like, oh, great. So there's money here, but it's a process. You have to do certain Sure. And you have to know what's out there. And basically, if you don't already have an art education, it's a little bit trickier because you have to still be informed about other artists and what's going on. Mm -hmm. because that's mainly what they teach you at art university anyway it's just to look at other people's works that has happened in the past all this, you know you can't really just go in blindly if you're starting new which i do have a few people that i'm talking to that are completely starting new they have some works but they don't have complete collection i wouldn't start working with them until they were ready mm -hmm. that it would be like me just taking their money when they don't have there's no way they're going to be able to actually do anything with it and generally i want to have good relationships with everyone i'm working with so it just needs to be solid yeah it's a business I'm sorry I know you don't want to be business minded but it is a business if you want to sell your work and you have to understand you have to be able to on some level brand yourself that does not mean become more commercial because I know a lot of artists get the wrong idea when they hear things like marketing or branding I'm not at all saying on any level to change what you do I'm just saying you have to figure out who your audience is yeah so let's sum up be aware of the market have some work done so far it's going to be good for you yeah. have some money in the bank <laughs> make connections and be business minded i love the last one because i think it's very important for every person connected especially to photography yes because there's so many talented people out there there's so so many talented yeah. people and unfortunately talent alone is not going to cut it absolutely how many exhibition a person should do in a year in order to be well known at the first let's say five years of their career not about how many you do as much as which exhibitions do you do mm -hmm. who you're working with where you're exhibiting and who's buying your work for me it's a hundred percent better to do five exhibitions in the year mm -hmm. and know that you're doing it at a good space with good artists or a good team or whatever and what you're producing is of high quality than to be doing every month random shows putting your work anywhere because you only make a first impression once and where people see your work is very important if you want to sell something at let's say not right away but let's say in like five years as you said you want to be selling your work at like 20,000 pounds you can't put your work next to something that's like a hundred euros and then put a price <laughs> 2,000 and then expect some kind of by miracle someone <laughs> is gonna come by mm -hmm. and be like oh my god this is a new person and I really just want to invest in this because it's just terrible like as a marketing as a placement it's 
terrible. You have to just make sure it makes sense. Are there any trends in a fine art? It's not trends as much as the fact that usually in cities that are doing very well financially due to various factors, just corporately, they're doing very well, mm -hmm. tend to do very well in the fine art industry as well uh -huh. because there's money there essentially. So if you follow Financial Times or you, you're watching what's happening mm -hmm. in the world in general, you can somehow predict a little bit which artists or what type of work will be doing a little bit better in a year or around that time. Oh, that's very cool when you're doing it. Damn. Yeah, dealers I know do this. Yeah. You have to just follow what's happening in each country. London right now with Brexit, mm -hmm. obviously it's terrible. I personally am really, really upset about the Brexit result because I lived in London and all my friends were in London and no one was expecting it because everyone there is from somewhere else. Yeah, Obviously it's terrible for the economy currently because they've lost so much investment. But now because of the price of the pound, quite a few art pieces are being sold to international buyers because it's cheaper for them now. Mm -hmm. That's why the art like there were really big fairs happening around the time of the Brexit results and they were making crazy profit because obviously the pound dropped so much so they were just getting in there now it's the same with um, real estate everyone's buying all these properties now there because of the same reason mm -hmm. do you plan to go back to the states and do the same thing or and doing exhibitions and things everywhere I did an exhibition actually in New York with an artist uh, David Feblin last May in Chelsea actually this exhibition that's happening in January here is the first of a series of exhibitions that's going to be happening internationally I'm actually planning on doing one here, one in London, one in New York, and one in Mykonos. Ooh. And then I'm looking into other places like San Francisco because they have massive tech scene going on there or Brussels is doing well. And the whole concept is just about going into these kind of places and doing curated shows based on the location. So guys, book your tickets now. We have to go to these exhibitions. <laughs> thank you so much for this conversation. It oh, was such you. a pleasure. It was lovely talking to you. You should definitely check out her website, which is linked in the show notes along with my website. And I just wanted to remind you that you can also find us not only neverlandmag.com, but also on Jude Magazine's website, which is judefashionmagazine.com. Those two magazines, by the way, are constantly accepting submissions. So be brave and show your work to the world. Thank you very much for being with me today and I'll see you on Friday. <laughs>